Welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K drama, watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we're doing the bonus of seasons one and two of Kingdom. We just combined combined the seasons for the bonus because, you know, they're pretty short seasons. So we we've got some to talk about. I feel like we can kind of break it down a little bit by season in the bonus, but if we had tried to do, like, one bonus per season, wouldn't have been much of an episode, it feels like. Also, the research might have been harder, because I read a couple articles, and one of them was Spoiler City. They were just like, do you remember at the end of season two when Homeboy died? And I was like, hey, we're starting the article with that? (laughs) Right here at the top? Right here at the top, you're like, you better have watched every episode of this show or don't even think about reading my article. Yeah, I think that's the thing, right? We have to do bonus on everything that is currently out. So that's why it's so hard doing K-dramas on, I guess, running series. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to watch them this way because we don't know what we'll do when, uh, when there's a third season. Though I will say, in my research a couple minutes ago uh i just found out that there is no projected season three but there is another movie projected what because all the articles i read were like i guess maybe this was just the writer's understanding and not like a production company actually saying this but the writer wrote the movie the first movie with the understanding that it would be the bridge between seasons two and season three like a, I don't know if this is too nerdy for most of you, but a Naruto situation. It's like <laughs> not completely necessary to get understanding, but it uh, bridges the gap between, yeah, some some transitional period. But dang, what if she was tricked? What if she was like, I'm I'm using this movie to, uh, yeah bridge seasons two and three and they're like there's no season three we're gonna keep going movies yeah there will be a follow-up movie yes <laughs> um yeah i because it's i mean that's not to say there will not be a season three it's just that when you go to asian wiki because you're getting ready to play who's that face on for example the crown prince's profile you can see kingdom kingdom season two and then you can see in movies a listing for the one that's out, and then you can see a listing for... I think he's in the one that's out, but maybe he's not at all. Either way, there's a listing for another movie that is called Kingdom Crown Prince. Oh, yeah. I did hear that there might be another movie. I guess maybe I just thought it would be after season three? But yeah, I heard there was a a movie focused on, like, more of the plant, and its backstory doesn't sound super interesting when I pitch it. I There's <laughs> probably way more to it. And then there would be another movie on The Crown Prince. But I guess my brain just placed that after season three, because I'm like, there has to be a season three, but maybe not. Yeah. Welcome to Plan K, where we're dumb and we know nothing. Yeah, we have no clue. We cannot bring you any hot takes. That is not (laughs) what 
this podcast is about. We can only tell you what we think could be happening at any given point. Here's your weekly K-drama news where we just guess what the K-drama <laughs> news might be based on very little research and uh, a lot of vague articles. You're welcome. You're welcome. Let's go. <laughs> um, did you recognize the crown prince from anything? Um, I didn't, actually. I was scrolling through, and I only saw him from Kingdom. Have you seen him in something? Have we seen him in something? And my brain did not read it. No. Which I think this might have been his one of his biggest projects in a long time, at least. I did see that he was arrested once, oh. and... Uh, Quickly after being released, he joined the military and did his mandatory service for two years. Good idea. Good good plan. His agent uh-huh. was like, I guess it's military o'clock. <laughs> TikTok, it's military o'clock. <laughs> Get your bags packed. We're not going to try and uh, change the public's mindset about you right now. Give them time. Give them time. Okay? Let them forget. And I think this might have been his biggest project since. I'm not sure. Dang, that is actually... I lied. We're bringing some hot takes if you don't (laughs) know anything about anything. Because for me, that's some juicy goss. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I I wouldn't have shared it if it was like, he was a murderer, you know? Right. I I wouldn't be like, (laughs) it's a fun story. Uh. I would take that seriously. It said he got arrested for taking ecstasy at a party, which uh, I think what? is not that big a deal. Like, yeah, cops are such cops, jeez louise. <laughs> don't do drugs, kids. But if you're going to take ecstasy at a party, don't get caught. I yeah, guess. don't get caught, I guess. But also, like, I don't know. Don't do drugs, kids. But also, what if we didn't arrest people for dumb reasons what if we were out there actually arresting murderers and rapists yeah i think that's happening i like to think that the work is going towards those but i i will never be like i (laughs) i don't think people should be arrested i don't know i don't think poor people should be arrested you can arrest actors for doing drugs i don't care I guess so, yeah. I mean, it is different when they're rich. It's actually, I guess, maybe refreshing that a rich person actually has has consequences for actions. That said, I just don't think that police drugs... should crash parties. Like, right? Come on, come on, narcs. <laughs> <laughs> the definition. I mean, we don't have to. They're lit. That is what. The, in fact, that's who they are. Who the narcs call is. <laughs> so. Who are you gonna call? Depends. If you're a narc, the cops. <laughs> Where did we come from? Um, um, I don't know. Face. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Sorry. Just one last thing, really quick. Apologies. I'm just gonna deliver this because I hinted at it. I'm gonna say it straight out. I don't think people should necessarily be arrested for nonviolent drug charges. If he got, if he did ecstasy and beat someone up, arrest the man. If he's not beating anyone up, maybe you know have his agent talk to him about like not doing drugs, and then also if he needs help with any kind of rehab for any kind of I don't. 
hear a whole lot of like ecstasy rehab, but um, I don't think it's. But maybe the that's most... a program we need. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's the most addictive drug. I don't know the science behind ecstasy. Um, but yeah. Anyway, that's where that's Raquel's stance. I do not speak for all of Play on K. I just think <laughs> that nonviolent drug charges maybe don't need cop involvement. But I hear that. I see that. Um, but anyway, yeah, who's that face? I didn't know him from anything. He's, yeah, he's kind of on the DDL. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like we- to see more of him. He's very good. Yeah, he did a great job. We also, okay, so who have we seen? I was really excited. Uh, as always, we will refer to him as his role. He was a detective at one point investigating murders. We here at Play on K refer to him as the archer, who I was in love with. What uh what did you see him in? I he's been in a couple of things that we have watched. Oh no. Um so sorry, nothing we've watched for the podcast, I don't think. Okay. He's been in um very specifically what I got hyped because I knew him right away from this. He was in Because This Is My First Life. Oh, he played a uh, secondary male lead, but not the love triangle type. There wasn't really a love triangle in that one. Uh, but he was like the male lead's best friend who had his own romance with the female lead's best friend. Oh, cute. I remember yeah. that story. I didn't recognize his face at all. Yeah, so I loved him in that. And then there was a movie that I think we've watched that it said he had been in. And now... It's left my mind. <laughs> oh no. Shouldn't have closed the tab, huh? Keep those tabs open. Infinite tabs. Um it doesn't matter. He okay. was in something that we watched at some point, maybe for the podcast, but I don't think so. Can I say the only person that I recognized was Beiduna, who played Sobi. And I just I was gonna say I just recently finished Stranger. That was a year ago. Time is meaningless. <laughs> I think I watched it last November, so yikes, my brain might be melting. Um, I just recently watched her in Stranger a year ago, and uh, she's dope in that. She's a very powerful female lead in that show, so I loved to see her in this show. It was a little off-putting season one, where she's like meek and mild, she talked about in an interview, how she kind of leaned into that. She was like, I know that she's got a lot of growth potential, and so I want to give her, like, a lot of more meek characteristics in season one. I want to be kind of quieter and hide in the background more often so that as my character becomes more like stubborn and strong-willed and really comes into herself you can see that a lot more clearly and i think chef's kiss she did a great job she delivered she She delivered was the best character we can talk about the men we loved all day long but that's not interesting because let's talk about the woman we loved (laughs) and then you know we can talk about the women that we had a strange attraction to (laughs) But the um, woman we loved in a healthy way was Soapy. Yes, and she was perfect, and I loved her. I also love that idea. Um, I mean, I like the idea of the growth and coming into her own and everything. I also like 
that she, you know, was meek, and even still, she has a certain uncertain, a certain uncertainty, uh, a bit of an uncertainty about her. But I actually like that a lot for two reasons. And you know, if by season three she's gotten rid of that, um, I totally trust the actress to do her justice. But even if she kept some of those, um, there's some distinctly classically feminine traits that sometimes get uh, passed off as not strong. And I like that she still has stuff like uh, she's very compassionate and wants to save everyone, even when they've already essentially been bitten and killed by the brain worm parasites and or there is no the worst them. character the even if ultimate they're the worst. villain yeah she still is working to save everyone she can at all times and that's something that was true in season 1 and continued into season 2 when in season 1 the whole reason the zombie outbreak was able to get outside of their little uh, physician commune area, like sick person commune. <laughs> um, there's a word for it. <laughs> yeah. It had a name. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, the reason it, it got away from her is because she still thought, maybe I can cure these people. Maybe, maybe I can save everyone. I just need to study a little bit more. I just need to work a little bit harder, I need to go find this flower, I need to, you know, she she was tireless in her efforts to save everyone she possibly could to the very end of season two, and I'm sure beyond, and I love that, I love that that is a strength for her, and that, that I guess, compassion and love for people is not being shown or displayed in the character as a weakness, Yeah, and that's really, really cool. Yeah, I appreciate that they've surrounded her with characters who more and more throughout the series appreciated what she had to offer so that the person who started out as, like, nurse number three is now one of the main characters and is conducting her own research across the country. And it's, yeah, it's so good to see. I honestly can't stop thinking about an interview where she was, she said... I don't think I'm very similar to my character. Like, Beiduna was like, I think me and Sobi are pretty different. And the sweet, sweet actor who played the crown prince leaned over and was like, no, not at all. She's like the most caring person I've ever met. Like, Beiduna always took the best care of us. If anybody on set was like feeling bad, she'd make sure we got food and that we were like taking care of ourselves and like nursed us until we felt better he's like she's the best i was like oh you you too you that's cuties so wholesome. that's so sweet oh i want to hug him mm-hmm. it seemed like a lot of the interviews had those two and then the actor who played uh hakju cho cho hakju cho hakju and the three of them together are so funny like I think the main two actors are like pretty cute and sweet and like kind good people and then the guy who plays Cho Hak Ju is just the funniest like little 
rambunctious, silly dude, which is so fun to watch after his amazing performance as the worst villain. He, we hated, we got exactly what we wanted out of that character, huh? Uh-huh. We just waited for the king, the queen to kill him, and that is what we got, and I do appreciate that, yeah, the actor is, I mean, that's the thing, right, is that obviously, like, actors who play villains are not villains themselves, but it's that thing that we were always given as kids when they would show, you know, the person who was a bad guy in the credits being, like, cool and fun and cute and friends with everyone to make sure we knew, like, Uh as children, like, this person is not a bad person. This is not an actual bully in a kid's show. This is a person who is an actor. And I always, as a kid, liked that. And as an adult, I like when I get to see that as well. When you get to see the villain being like, I'm just one of the guys. Uh Uh-huh. Because it would be so easy to conduct all the interviews with, like, the, the, the boys' party with the crown prince and the tiger hunter and Bompal and the archer and be like, these four are our interviewees for, like, every single interview. And I love that they were like, no, no, no. Crown prince, Sobi, and Lord Show. Those are our chosen ones. Those are our children. Like... What good representation there. Yes, so good. And yeah, they're all just so good at their jobs because, you know, you hated, we hated Hakju, which means that man was delivering his role as well. So, mm-hmm. so good. Who else? Okay, so Mu Young was oh, in yeah. uh, Bring It On Ghost, which we watched for. Uh, I just remembered the other thing that uh, the archer was in. Anyway, um, he was in Bring It On Ghost. He was, I believe, the monk who was bad at his job. I think he was a shaman. Oh, he was a shaman. Yeah, you're right. You're right, you're right. Um, He was a shaman who was bad at it, like, kind of a quack shaman. Is that a, yeah, can you call I a shaman a tell. quack? We didn't yeah. watch enough of the show to really get his vibe, but... He seemed like he was trying. He seemed like he believed in himself. We watched it for our uh, Patreon watch party. It was something we used to do where we would get together with a couple of our patrons and watch a show. And we very rarely finished a show um, just because it would take 16 weeks and we didn't want to be like super exclusive. Like you can only watch with us. (laughs) <laughs> if you've been here for 16 weeks uh-huh. um, or you want to jump in on some random episode of a show yeah or binge watch fun. to catch up yeah mm-hmm. um so anyway yeah and that brings me back to the archer who i finally remembered what he was in he was in uh what's wrong with secretary kim kim whoa we never finished that either, because it was, uh I feel like if that was one of the shows, kind of like Boys Over Flowers, that if you didn't watch it when it was airing, it was immediately too late. It, like, months after What's Wrong With Secretary Kim came out, it was like, oh, we're doing, like, women's rights now. <laughs> we're <Whoops>. starting that. <laughs> and, I think... Uh, 
Also, probably, if we had watched the whole thing, maybe I'd like to think that it got better, and that's why there was so much hype surrounding it. Mm-hmm. But it, when you watch only the first four episodes of What's Wrong with Secretary Kim, just so you guys know, you hate the male <laughs> lead with a fiery passion. He's so awful. And yeah, he's gotta change. He's gotta change so much. I think, especially for me, with my goldfish memory... It would be a show that I completely fell head over heels in love with, being like, you don't even remember the first half. <laughs> like, but I've watched the first, I watched the first four episodes of our watch party, but I've tried at least twice before that. So I've seen the first episode like three times, and it does not feel good. It's really hard to get past episode one, and by episode four, it didn't feel any better. Yeah, yeah. I didn't go back to it. I'll say that much. Um, but yeah, I'm sure it gets I'm sure it gets better. Also that actor is going to be I believe in a Marvel movie. Anyway, this is not the bonus He's episode the for what's wrong with Secretary Kim. <laughs> but it could be it if we ever be. watched that show, <laughs> which we won't. <laughs> so, welcome to this show. Um, I wanted to say before we moved too far away from Moo Young, it, I briefly looked at his Asian wiki, so briefly, but it seemed like he hadn't been in too much before Kingdom in, like, 2018-2019, but since then, he's kind of been killing it. He's in, like, a lot of 2021 shows, he was, like, in the past three years, he's been in a lot of big shows, like big name shows that I recognized. And I was like, good for you, Moo Young. You're killing it. Yeah. Start making a name for himself, getting in things, getting in shows. Yeah. I loved him in this. Mm-hmm. It was still it was still weird not having him by the finale. Yeah. He should have been there. He should have been there. He should have been there. <laughs> um, did you recognize the actor, the tiger hunter from anything, Young Shin? I did not. And yeah, I, I skimmed through his CV. His They're not CVs. I think that's like <laughs> the sixth time across all bonus episodes that I've tried to call them CVs. Portfolios? Job history? Yeah. That's a that's a job history. I don't know what they're called. Anyways. Um fair enough. I didn't I don't remember recognizing anything that he was in. I just in an interview I read with him, they asked a question that I thought was really interesting and they were like, um, how do you feel about the fact that your character in like feeding Danny to all those people, like, started this whole thing. And my brain was like, that's pretty unfair. Uh, I think it was started long before his actions. In my brain, I would guess that the the Cho clan, like Lord Cho, bringing back an army of the dead seems a lot more problematic than Young Shin. And they also brought the king back, like... If we're trying to po- pinpoint the beginning of all this, I really don't think it was Young Shin. It wasn't. And, like, we, you and I talked at length in episode one before we knew 
before we knew what we know now, we talked at length about, you know, if he was just an accessory to this crime. Uh, but I don't think at any point we said 100% this man is the only sole reason for the zombie outbreak. And now that we've gotten to the end of it, he fully wasn't because he, first of all, did not know what he was doing versus everyone else who worked to create zombies, including the crown prince and Sobi, they both knew what they were doing when they turned Lord on and when they, uh, when they did that. And I mean, they had their reasons that we can debate, you know, that whole moral dilemma. But at the end of the day, the only person who did a thing that fully worsened, or I guess somewhat started the actual outbreak, is also the only one who had no inkling that that would even be possible. Yeah. So it felt like an odd question. We had different perspectives on the show, I think, from this uh, interviewer. But yeah, obviously the actor was like, well, Yong Shin had quite the, quite the journey. And by the end of the show, I think he's really redeemed himself. And yeah, I th- kudos to him for even saying that, because thinking back on it, I'm like, he didn't need redemption. He just, he's a people eater. We all decided that that was maybe okay, kind of a gray area, <laughs> but mostly okay. The but to say he needed redemption from like starting a zombie apocalypse is probably unfair. Yeah, I w- maybe I would say maybe he carried some guilt over what happened, but also, you know, that's just a thing where you have to unpack that, I don't know, in therapy or something, which I'm <laughs> sure he he wouldn't have. Um but that would be normal, you know, his guilt. Yeah. But but to say, you know, he had to redeem himself, I, I wouldn't didn't. say that. He just yeah. didn't, okay? <laughs> that wasn't for him. No redemption necessary for redemption, <laughs> okay? He's just a good person. I have a little, a little story about the writer and a slightly better story about the director. Both from Wikipedia, if you if you guys want to head over to Wikipedia and donate, just $3 a month is all they need. But uh, if we all do it, that's, that's the price of a cup of coffee. And, yep. you know, if we all do it, we can keep Wikipedia running and keep our podcast running. <laughs> and a lot of podcasts that you maybe know and love. Cause and a lot of students. Who it's so many students. Know and love. <laughs> yeah. If you love a student, donate to Wikipedia. Donate to Wikipedia today. So the writer um, actually also wrote Signal. I don't know if you knew that, Whoa. Raquel. Yeah. I did not know that. That is our next drama. That's our next drama. Handfaked by Raquel. A recommendation from a real life friend. And we are so excited to watch it. And I had no idea that it was the same writer as this show. But after they finished Signal, they started writing Kingdom as, I believe, a comic book. And eventually turned it into a show. Like, I think Netflix encouraged the writer to turn it into a show. But their initial 
preferred medium. They were like, I don't see how this could be a show. So I'm going to work in comic book format instead, which I think is super neat. That is so neat. I, yeah, I wouldn't have even guessed because I knew it was a comic book. And I guess in my mind, I would never cross those mediums. Mm -hmm. I would think a comic book writer was approached by a K-drama writer to to create their comic book into a K-drama or, you know, a producer or whatever. Um, and then, you know, writers would come in to help actually uh, make it into a K-drama format or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it would have to be adapted. I would not have ever guessed a talented writer is out there just switching back and forth. Like, y- you know what? This would make a pretty cool comment. Actually, you know what? This would make a pretty cool show, too. Uh-huh. So cool. And I... I get it. Maybe they were like, I just don't see how all of the incredible, like, fighting and all of this, like, thousands of zombies could ever be turned into a real show, made into actuality. It would cost so much money. And it did. Apparently, they were supposed to be eight episode seasons, but they went over budget on every single episode by, like, millions And so I got cut to six episodes, which makes a lot of sense. There was a lot of work in each of these episodes, but I'm curious if that's part of the reason why the writer was like, I just think this would be hard to turn into a show. I'll put it in a comic book. Like, I have a really good idea. This story should be told. Should it be told on on the screen? I don't know. I don't don't know. know about that. I don't know if it could. I don't know if we have the technology. And then we made it. We made the technology. We did it anyway. And Netflix produced it. And they'll be just fine, honestly. <laughs> We're still subscribed. So I think they'll be all right. Um, and then the director. Uh, I think his first movie was... God, I can't remember the title. Something about two men. And it was... A critical failure. It was just, yeah, a a very poorly made film, according to critics and audiences. (laughs) And so he couldn't get any work for, like, the next eight years. Oh, no. Uh Uh-huh. Super sad. We should probably get a K-drama going about him at this point, right? (laughs) We should probably get his story on the screen. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he spent the, I guess that's, uh, what was it? My Mister. He's the brother from My Mister. What? No, he's not. Oh. But that's I, the story. I bought it. I bought it. <laughs> because it, Tell me everything. There's a, there's a brother from My Mister, and uh, his story is based on this director, apparently, because their <laughs> stories are very similar. I don't know if there was heartbreak involved in this director's life, but... It took him eight years to write another movie that at first uh, didn't do super well in the box office, but through hype, through word of mouth, which I feel like maybe I'm old fashioned, but that feels like the most like validating form of marketing to be mm-hmm. like, it was by sheer word of mouth that people turned this into an acclaimed successful movie. And so his his second film was 
won a bunch of awards at like Sundance and all these uh, Korean awards ceremonies and people loved it. And that movie was Train to Busan. I'm just kidding. We just we need to like <laughs> stop <make> maybe. Facts. <laughs> some of these are real facts and some of these are rock facts and it's up to you guys to decide which is which. <laughs> Uh, uh, let's play a game. Let's play a new game on the podcast. And so we can always do who's that face. But this is uh, 100 truths and one, sorry, one truth and 100 lies. <laughs> Where our entire bonus episode is just trying to remember things and then making jokes about the things that we only half remember and then <laughs> not knowing what's truth anymore. <laughs> Hope you can keep up. Hope you don't care about actual facts. They yep. K-drama facts. They don't have effect on people's health or lives, so I think it's okay. Yeah, and also, I promise no one is actually trying to give credit for Train to Busan to anyone who didn't write it. <laughs> Only the writers of Train to Busan wrote Train to Busan, okay. uh, and that's my disclaimer. <laughs> and we're pretty sure the director of this show did not direct Train to Busan. Okay. 90% We're not sure. going to check. <laughs> I don't have the time, but pretty sure. I just thought that was super interesting. Like uh, That is awesome. Yeah. I, I've been... I read a story recently about, like, the having to overcome failure within your industry and how it's... Oh, it was about Squid Game. The writer of Squid Game got rejected for, like, years with the the Squid Game script. And eventually, after, like, hitting rock bottom and having to sell everything he owned, it finally got picked up. And now it's, like, the number one show across the world. And someone was like, that's not, like, a happy story. I don't know why we, like, hold these stories in such high regard. They're yeah, sad. Yeah, we shouldn't glorify ignoring potential just because it's eventually found. Like, we should get better systems in place for finding these artists and giving them the outlets they deserve. But, um, you know, it's hard not to be on the other side and be like, now he's the the director of Kingdom has Kingdom and he's got like other su- other successful endeavors and it's very exciting and I'm so glad he persevered through all the hard times to get here. Hard not to cheer for that. Yeah, we loved your show. So if you're listening uh, and you want to come on the podcast, <laughs> we'd love to, we'd love to have you. If his agent is listening, do directors have agents? Sure. <laughs> if your agent is listening, hi. Sorry we have not once said the director's name. You know who you are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god. Please come on our show. We very respect you. <laughs> this podcast is never going anywhere. <laughs> Guys, what if someday we did have, like, an actual, like, guest. actor or director guest that we interviewed? 
<laughs> it was <laughs> such a shit show. <laughs> no, we would actually we would prepare. We would put something together. <laughs> oh, for sure. But I don't know how to interview people, but yeah, I think it would just be amazing in principle that should we, we start could ever land a guest with each other? Yeah, like we I don't have anything else to say about this show. Yeah, so right now we're just gonna start practicing for. Yeah, and then we'll come back and do the awards and the okay. <laughs> Emily, you've done like a lot of renowned research on the show Kingdom. Okay. Um, yeah. And I, I talk. <laughs> it's your turn to question. God dang it. <laughs> no, I should be taking control of this interview. I'm letting it spiral out. Of, this is on me. I'm Why letting it spiral out of my control. Yeah. Don't talk. <laughs> Stop. Thank you. No laughter, please. We don't. Okay. We're not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's true. <laughs> I think you're pretty funny, but... I think you're funny. Thanks. Okay, uh, oh, sorry, we're still going. So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just cut all this. So, well, that was that was like mock interview part one. So next yeah. time, um, next bonus episode, we'll practice again. Yeah, there was Ooh. something I. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I I was just gonna say there was something I definitely wanted to say about. Probably another K-drama that wasn't Kingdom, because that is how oh, off no. the fucking rails this whole episode is. <laughs> oh, no. What was it? It was definitely about another K-drama. We can walk away from it while we still have okay. a chance. We can start giving our awards, and if you remember, you can bring it up. Okay. Cool, cool. Do you have any nominees? Let's just get it out of the way. There weren't happy award nominees there was no one that like oh wait excuse me i do have i do have i think a happy award nominee based on you know what we know about what we know about happy awards what the um what the standards are here uh what are the standards this person died okay um so they've got to be dead right yep and they've got to you know do pretty much the most in a big way like that death either has to mean something or before they died they had to be contributing like too much to this world to like they have to be too good for the world right yeah so my best nominee for this for the happy award winner is the man who used his body to close the gate at the in this, like, sewer system, in the canal yeah. system. And, uh, and then killed himself to make sure that he did not turn and try to go after them and open the gates. Dang. Oh, that's really good. Because then my brain starts going back to all of the scenes where, like, uh... I I can only think of the two at the end now. I guess there was another gate closure where someone rushed through the gate and then used his own body to keep it closed. There was the... I think he was a cook protecting all the maids at the palace. Oh, yeah. There were the two historians that, like, hugged each other. Pretty much any scene that I called out as being, like, frustratingly sad. 
yeah stupidly sad some some happy awards stuff going mm-hmm. on there um i mean i feel like we could give one the bus stop girl award but that person can't have a name or like anything else going on for them and they don't necessarily have to die but also there's nothing there's no stipulations that say they can't be dead for bus stop that's girl true. award that's true I like I like your nominee for happy. I think we can stick with that one. Okay. So he wins happy. Man, I wish I'd kept better track of our bus stop girls cuz I feel like so many people in this show did the tiniest like good act. I think I will nominate for the bus stop girl award the guy who stole food for his child in the Citadel. And then accidentally lit all the food on fire. Not not great. Not a great look. But hear me out. He comes back when the guard is about to be, like, executed, basically. And he's like, no, no, no. That dude, it's not his fault. It's my fault. I think it could have been really easy to stand back and be like, oh, sucks to suck. Like, sorry too, about the guard. Too bad you, you messed that up, buddy. You messed up. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> but just step up and be like uh this is my fault i do have some complaints to file before i die i do think we're all gonna starve and die and that's messed up but it was a little bit my fault that all the food burned i'll nominate him that's pretty good that's pretty good um i yeah i've been rifling through to see if i could find any contenders i've been rifling through my brain and, um, you know, I feel like probably there's someone, like you said, there's so many of those small, minuscule acts of a nameless person that make for great bus stop girling. Because, um, yeah, like, what comes to mind was then immediately ruined by certain things, like, uh, in the first couple episodes, when those people saved that baby... But also, like, still pretty salty about the fact that they didn't also save the mom, you know? Like, it's weird because all of the acts of good and humanity are just a little bit tainted. Even right? even the current bus stop girl is, you know, not that, like... Not that, that great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, let's let's give it to your dude. Let's give it to your guy. There's probably someone more deserving, we're sorry we never put enough effort into finding our bus stop girls they're by definition hard to find yeah they're nameless they do one small act of good and then they disappear back into the background like let's be fully honest the our entire award system is out of control (laughs) we are out of our minds that said it's been going on for four years why would we stop it now (laughs) Um, what about our rating system? I feel like our rating system is kind of solid. Oh, man, that's pretentious to say. (laughs) Our rating system is really good. We're really, like, good raters of shows. We're great at rating. We're grading. We're grading. (laughs) We are grading. (laughs) We are that. What would you rate this show? I would give this one an 8.5. What? Wow. Is that is that high? Is that no. too high? I was gonna give it a ten. So I guess. Oh my god. 
Okay, so yeah, maybe it's too low. I'm rethinking <laughs> I mean, everything. I mean, we'd hit a nine in the middle. I feel like nine point two five is not a bad rating. <laughs> we'll give it. We'll give it a nine point two five from Play on K. <laughs> We're getting deeper into the decimal systems. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Yeah, deeper deep into the decimal system. That's what I wanted to say with my brain. That's yeah, I like I it. <laughs> um, can I? Okay, it's really late in the game to talk about this. I just had a thought about something that happened when I was combing my mind for all the people who could possibly deserve awards. Do you remember that guy who was on the raft that got a bite? And it was like a little bite, and he said, please don't push me in the water. It yep. was just a little bite. I'll be fine. Yep. When he went in the water, it probably cured him, and then oh, he died. Oh, God, Raquel! Oh, <laughs> he drowned. No. But he would have been fine if they had just pushed him in, waited a minute, and then pulled him out. Thanks for listening to Plan K. <laughs> <laughs> Ew! Why would you think that thought? Why did you bring that back to my brain? Why are you booing me? I'm right. <laughs> are you kidding me? Get off of my raft. I'm pushing you in the water. <laughs> I'll be cured. <laughs> Ew. Don't think that sad thoughts, okay? No more sad thoughts. We're done with kingdom. <laughs> We're done with kingdom and sad thoughts. We're starting Signal now. It's going to be a happy show. Super happy-go-lucky, very fluffy, fun. I think romantic comedy. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Yes, maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I've seen two episodes, but it was a long time ago, so I don't remember it all. But it's not a happy, fluffy show. I know that. Okay. I do know there's murder. At least, at the very least, there's murder. So join us next week. Should we do our, should we do like a speed run through our contact information? Should we try out yeah. a new format? Yeah, everyone knows it pretty well. So we won't like fluff it up at all. Uh, and it's like a race. Okay. Ready, set, I'll start. Okay, okay. ready, set, go. If you want to email us, you can reach us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. All of our uh, current episodes, our Patreon link, our newsletter link, and our affiliates are on playonk.com. We can be found on multiple streaming sites, uh, and most of those sites you can rate, review, and subscribe to us, and doing any of those things really helps other K-Drama podcast listeners find us. We're on Instagram at playonkpodcast, and on Twitter at playonk. And I think that that is... It. Oh, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash play on K. Check out our tiers there and see if any of them fit your liking. Yeah, thank you as always for listening. Thank you to all of our patrons for supporting this podcast. We appreciate anyone who, you know, even just cares. We appreciate anyone who cares about this podcast. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for caring and thank you for joining us and... For hanging in there with us through the absolute mind-fucking chaos that this episode became multiple times. <laughs> Tell us it, if, if this was good or just really bad and we should just delete this one and try again. 
<laughs> throw the whole thing out. Um, yeah, just uh, let us know, and thank you so much, and we love you, and we can't wait to talk to you next week about uh, Signal. Love you, okay, bye!